0: I was uh, 30 years old when I first came to Fellowship Baptist Church um, with my family. I did come prior to that period of time, uh, about seven years prior, and uh, for a youth rally where I met my wife. (laughs) So your church has done really well for me. (laughs) And uh, at the age of 30, I thought I, I knew a lot, especially after seven years of youth ministry, And I had two kids under the age of five. I had six years of marriage under my belt. I had a sweet minivan. So I have arrived. I I knew what I was doing. I was 30 years old. I wasn't in my 20s anymore. Come on. My insurances went down. So, you know. And uh, it's funny the way I thought. And uh, I um, I had no idea what God had in store for me here at Fellowship Baptist Church. What he was going to actually be teaching me. Um. God yeah, had so much more for me to learn while attending Fellowship Baptist Church and being on staff here. Uh, you see, we never stop learning because life never stops teaching us. And it's, it's not what we learn that's the most important. It's what we do with what we've learned that's most important. And I've learned so much from those 14 years at Fellowship Baptist Church. There are some things I've learned from the pastors Church members, deacons, Sunday school teachers, and so on. Especially the kids. Being a part of FBC Kids ministry for so many years, man, they're teachers, I'm going to tell you. I've learned a lot about you guys from your kids too. Yeah. But I want to talk to you from my heart about some things I've learned while being here. It's hard to know what is the message you're going to preach when you say farewell. Farewell. Had a lot of moments, sitting, thinking. I let my mind wander at times. Y'all do that? You know, I'm 44 years old. Is this the right decision? Am I doing the right thing? I wanted to go back to Tennessee and retire one day, but I'm gonna live here until then. (laughs) Probably I'll never retire. But your mind wanders. But if you don't control that thought process, capture those thoughts. Your imaginations will go crazy. And before you know it, you, not God, will talk you out of what you know you need to do. But through everything, what God has put in my life here at Fellowship Baptist Church, I learned so much. And I humbly say these things. And I want you guys to know that every one of you are a part of that, even when you don't feel like you are. When you walk the hallways and all you ever got to say is, hey, how you doing? And I say, good, how are you? You know, and we go on our way. <laughs> You've had an influence. You're a part of this, of what I've learned. And so, you know, I just, I just want to give you my heart, and so I want you to know some things I've learned. My family came to Columbus, Ohio in July of 2008, and I was at the lowest point of my ministry. I um, I just left one of the most toxic ministerial positions imaginable and I didn't know what to do I was just done I didn't I don't want to pastor anymore I would rather work at Walmart saying hello as people walked in I just was done and uh so to get the phone call from pastor Dinoff um to come here was just unexpected I needed to get away We're going to put a resume out there and see what God opens up. And God did open some opportunities, but I didn't want to go back into what I came out of. And so when I got here, I got here on a Saturday. And Pastor Denifah had me scheduled to speak on a Sunday night. So that night, I was so broken. And, of course, nobody really knows me at that time. And I I sat right there where Bob and Shelly are. Uh, If you don't know who they are, raise your hand, Bob and Shelley, right there. That's important for you to know exactly where I sat because I was watching everything that was taking place up here, and it was so different to me, right? These were real people. There's no big shots. You know, it's just real. And then they introduced me. I don't know if it was Tony or Pastor Dinoff, the founding pastor, Pastor Dinoff, and uh, they all started clapping, and I started crying like a little girl. And I leaned over to my wife, and I said, they like us. And then I realized that you guys do that for everybody. (laughs) I didn't realize that until later, but at that moment, it was great. So I got up and I preached the message and I kind of wiped off the tears. I didn't want anybody to know how broken I was. And I preached the message entitled Bearing the Unexpected Cross because what I was bearing at that moment, nobody could ever understand. And I preached. And after that, I met with the pastor and his wife. They took us out. They loved on us. They cared for us. And it was at that moment the first thing I learned was a pastor is more than a shepherd. He's a mentor. It's more than being here. It's being out there and part of people's lives. He, his wife would write a card to me and my wife just to encourage us. We didn't have a winter coat. I mean, we were from East Tennessee, and I grew up in Alabama before that. I mean, like, we had coats, but they're more like jackets, you know. You guys get, like, Arctic weather. I'm like, this is satanic. What is going on? It's like the plagues of Egypt on Ohio. And then so he's like, we need to get you a coat. So we went out and he bought me a coat and he bought my wife this really nice coat. I was like, what kind of guy does that? He would take me to unique restaurants in Columbus. None I've ever been to, you know. Because I grew up in Somerville, Alabama. It's like Mayberry. And then I lived in Great Tennessee after that, which, you know, when we got a McDonald's, we were like, this is sweet. But that's what he did because he cared. 2 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word. Be an example in word, in conversation, in charity, which means love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Here I am with this guy named Bill Dinoff, and he's doing every one of those things in my life. I Maybe mean, he's so raw right now. When I was in Tennessee... We lost our first baby. My wife had a miscarriage. I didn't have anybody come alongside of me, especially the pastoral staff at that time. I was so alone at so many moments. But the things that I thought never mattered when I was here were a big deal to the pastor. You know why? Because he was mentoring me. He'd pull me in his office and do special things for me, like give me his whole library when he was stepping down joke around about this often with Tony because I went to Tony and I said pastor just gave me his whole library and he's like well he's never even given me a book and I'm like I'll give you one of my books you know because pastor had a favorite and I don't want to say who it was but but at that moment he didn't realize that that pastor was mentoring me and helping me he was loving my kids and my family. I'll tell you something some people don't know. My, my daughter was just little when, when Pastor Denhoff died, and she's never really experienced somebody passing away that was close. Pastor Denhoff's body was here. It was the night before the funeral. And I'm always here late, cleaning up, getting ready for the funeral, and so forth. Pastor Denhoff was so good to my kids. He did so many special things to just encourage them and love on them. That planted a seed in my kids that they'll never walk away from. They'll always remember those precious things. And I looked in the door looking for my little girl Ellie. And she was on a stool at the coffin of Pastor Denoff. All by herself in here just crying. Because that little girl in that moment realized how much that man meant. That is a pastor. That is a mentor. And I've learned that from this church. And my pastor was not just Pastor Denoff, but it was Pastor Tony. He's my brother, yes, I know. Boy, do I know. <laughs> I told them in the first service, we grew up together and we were in the same room ever since I was born. It's like I couldn't even... We're a diaper without him being around. I mean, I had him in a crib over here, and I'm in a crib over here, and that was our life. It was miserable. It was miserable. And then we grew up, and he had his room, and my room were together, and, 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 and I had this tiny little bed, and he had a big water bed because my grandma bought it for him for his birthday. She liked him. And I remember when Tony, we got done with college. Uh, well, he was going to college. He didn't get done with college. He was going to college, and I'm thinking, okay, this is my opportunity to have my own bedroom, finally. Thank you, Jesus. So as soon as he left the Pensacola, Florida, I took that thing down. I drained it. I sucked out all the water out the window through a hose. I I, I tore it down, and then I, I don't know how I managed to take it apart and put it in the attic, but it's still in the attic at my mom's house. And I put it up in the attic, and then... I didn't even think about the fact that he would be coming home for the summer. And then so I, I bought a desk, and, and I was so excited. This is my crib, yo. And then this guy comes home, and mom's like, your brother's home, and you took his bed down. And now you have to sit on the, you sleep on the couch. I'm like, what? It's like, he has no bed, and he's going to sleep in your bed. So I'm like, are you kidding me? And that's when the journey began to go downhill for me and my brothers relationship. I say all that jokingly because brothers don't always get along. But when God put us together here at this church, I realized that he was not just a brother to me. He was a pastor. He was a mentor. The best part was, is I got to watch him make all the mistakes so I know what not to do when I plant Thrive Church. I'm like, (laughs) I'm not going to do that. Write that in the book, you know. But he was there to help me, to mentor me. He was there for my kids and my family. I love those moments where we would have those conversations like 2 Timothy 4.12 and we would just vision cast together. We'd weep together. We'd pray together. We'd fast together. We went through hard times and good times together. Because he was more than just a shepherd, he was a mentor. I also learned that the church is more than a people, it's a family. The Bible says to be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honoring, preferring one another Someone once said that there's three types of homes you need. You you need a physical home to come to after a long day. You need a heavenly home. So when you pass away from this miserable earth, you'll have heaven as your home. And then you need a church home. That's a family. And that's what fellowship was to my family. I met my wife in this church. I, I got married on this stage. I raised my kids in this church. Some of the hardest times I ever went through, this church was there for me. I didn't do it alone because I've learned that a church is more than a people. It is, it is a family. I've seen church uh, come together to forgive people that nobody else would forgive. Tragedy hit. Church came together. Funerals happen. Bad things happen. They came together. They say a family that prays together stays together. And this church stays together because it prays together. Because this church is not a building, it's, it's not a program, it's not a religion, it's not a clique, it's not a club, club. It's, it's not an organization, it is a family. Yes, is. A group of saved, baptized believers who work together as a family to fulfill the Great Commission. Not some weird cultic idea, this is just real people that love their community and love each other. I've learned that we're more than just a people, and there's plenty of churches that act as just people. We're brothers and sisters in Christ that... Help when others hurt. We we pray when others don't, we, we give when others can't, we serve when others when others take. We stay together when others go. We we love when others hate, because we're family. I've learned also that the ministry is more than a job, it's a privilege. When I was in college, my freshman year, I I came across this verse and I loved it and became my life verse. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. I learned very quickly when I came to this church, there is no big shots. There's no celebrity preachers. You know, it was nothing like that. I actually learned they were human. I grew up in the Bible Belt where pastors are always smiling and acting like they got it all together. Their marriages are perfect, and their kids are all like, yes ma'am, no ma'am, sure I'll take out the trash. I'm a perfect little angel. That was my life. Until I came here and realized, no, we are all just human beings. We, we fail. We make mistakes, we get back up. And I learned that the ministry with those type of people becomes raw and real. Pastors and leadership here, they do their best because they love what they do. Those that were bus captains when we ran buses, those that were Sunday school teachers, those that check kids in, check kids out, those are on the safety team, those that first impressions, those that are valet parking for those that are disabled, all of these people were looking at it more than a job. It is a privilege. It is an opportunity. This is what we love to do, even standing on the stage worshiping. Why? Because it was real. I have nothing the glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. I surrendered to preach when I was 14 years old. There's nothing I wanted to do more than in my life. I remember getting in trouble because I would be writing sermons in class, and I'd write notes because I'd just be like so excited about opportunity to preach, even if it was just a small opportunity, you know. They'd be like, put that up. You pay attention. So I was a dumb kid, but I loved writing sermons, you know, because I didn't listen in class. But I learned watching this church, that the passion for preaching and the passion for leading was because it was a privilege for the people. You know, I've seen people stay like Tony Hicks to all hours of the night programming for VBS. I've watched Richard Hartman, one of my closest friends in this church. I watched him during my first years here when he had a full-time job. When we were doing VBS, he'd work all day long, Come here and help me until the middle of the night, almost all night, go back to work, didn't go to sleep, worked all day long, and he did it like three days in a row. He was a, he's a freak. He's just an odd guy. I don't know how anybody could do that. But there was a passion there. You know why? Because he looked at it as a privilege and an opportunity. It's not a nine-to-five job. Somebody once said, we're just nobody's telling everybody about a somebody that can save anybody. That's all we are. You say, well, Dave, you got it all together. Look at you. I don't even have hair. (laughs) I've been the same weight since I was 16 years old. A 16-year-old bald guy with 202 pounds on him. It's just, just, yeah, it's just, I don't have it together. I, I struggle just like you. All I know is this. I've learned through it all. We're just real people. And we're just doing our very best not to look at ministry as a job, but a, a privilege and an opportunity to reach people. All of us. I've learned this too. I've learned that loving people is more than words, it's action. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 says it this way, and let us consider one another provoking unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the days approaching. Because we, we're family and we love family, one another and that doesn't mean we always like each other you know nobody in a family always likes each other but we love each other and I've seen the love in action in this church I've seen it with the deacons where they go over to a widow in need and do things for them that they couldn't do for themselves I've seen it with bus captains when we would have the bus ministry and they pick up kids that didn't even have a coat give them a coat and even breakfast get them on the bus cared for them when they had they were there for the fatherless I've seen Sunday school teachers spend hours and hours decorating their class just so Sunday school was an experience, not just something they go through, as a, through the motions. It was special. I've seen that, and I learned from that because these people loved people. I've seen, I've seen elderly give to kids to go to camp when they barely had any money to give. I've seen, I've seen things happen that I never thought would ever happen because people love people. I've seen pastors hold the hands of people as they passed away through this church because they love people. It wasn't about getting tithes and offerings and giving your lecture from the pulpit. It was about being in people's lives because you love people just like Jesus loved people. It's just being real. And I learned that from people like you. I also learned that giving the gospel more than just speaking truth it's a step of faith Mark 16 15 says it's a great commission he said unto them go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature to every person that was Jesus speaking go means take action I've learned that giving the gospel is not just speaking the truth it is a step of faith go it was a step of faith when Pastor Dinoff in the middle of this field that was all it was around here It's just a field Started the church in the 60s. He stepped out by faith with his wife. And before he even did that, he was meeting at a school. It was a church plant. They met at a school. And then God started developing and growing. it. And, and then from there, he, did, he, he stepped out by faith and, 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 and built another building and another building. And before you know it, now this building is here because of the faith. I've seen him start. I didn't see it for myself. I saw the pictures when he started the bus ministry back in the 60s. When they barely had any money, but they were like, We are gonna step out by faith, start this ministry so kids and family can come to church that have no other way to get here. That is faith. That's faith. I've seen people in this auditorium, I've seen people in this church family that have stepped out by faith and did big things for God when they didn't think they could. Because it's more than just speaking the truth, it's a step of faith, it's an action seen people and I've mentioned this in the first service Bob and Shelley step out by faith and buy a farm to minister to kids that are in dire need by using horses I've seen people give up job opportunities so they could be in ministries here at this church lost of money so they can have the opportunity to serve in this church that's a big step of faith I've seen Pastor Tony when he had to make a decision when he first became the pastor to remodel the children's department and it took thousands of dollars to make it happen and people rallied behind him and said, let's do this because we want to reach the next generation. I've seen this church come together when we had to build a multi-million dollar building that's behind us and say, we are going to do this because we need to expand, we need to expand our adult ministries. And they did that. And I'll tell you why they did that. Because the people of this church took a step of faith action and they gave above their tithes and offerings instead of we believe in what's going on here and we're going to do this i've seen people take steps of faith i never thought i'd ever see possible and i've watched and i've learned i watched tony through the hardest time of his life with his incredible wife jenny and his family believe god is able to heal their son of cancer And we still believe he's able. I've learned faith because faith is not easy. It is very hard. It's very hard. I've seen my family come alongside of me and help me at my lowest points. And they had faith. You know how encouraging it is when your son looks at you and he believes that God is going to use you? when your daughter believes in you, when your wife stands by you, yeah. I could never do this without my wife. If you guys know my wife, it's God and my wife. She's an amazing person, but she took a step of faith. The most comfortable position I could ever be in is at Fellowship Baptist Church. I love it. I love my <laughs> I love my church. I loved my ministry that God has a privilege to give me an opportunity to be a part of. I love my office that one day you will probably take. <laughs> I was comfortable. But God didn't call me to be comfortable. He called me to go. And you're a part of that because we all just took the biggest step of faith. We planted a church in Dublin, Ohio. I said, we never get disconnected. You say, how's that church going for y'all? How's our church going? Because we did this together. There was a, a large amount of people that stepped out by faith that I did not pick, God picked. I never asked anybody to go to f- Thrive. Even though Pastor Tony said you wouldn't probably need to have some discussions with some folks. That's not what I felt led to do, even though I knew what he was saying. So me and my wife determined with our kids, we'll plant Thrive Church with God's help if we go by ourselves, But God will have to bring them to us. And one by one, families would come and say, we feel led to go with you. We've prayed, and we want to move forward. And I'd say, can you pray more and fast to make sure this is exactly what God has called you to do? And they would do that, and God gave them the green light. And one after another, after another, after another, came together, and on Wednesday nights, we would study, we would develop, you know why, like 75% of church plants fail? Because people don't prepare. And they don't often have a sending church that's behind them. And these people came behind us and said, let's go. And they prepared. And then you guys stepped up and said, whatever it takes, financially, prayerfully, we're in this together and we will do this. We never stop learning because life never stops teaching. But what we do with what we learn matters most. And what I'm going to do is take everything I've learned and apply it to Thrive Church. And everything I've learned, I need to make sure it's to God's glory and it is God's will before I make any decisions. I never will take lightly the investment you have made into my life, into my family, and the example you've been to me. You're not just friends, you're family. He's not just a pastor, he's a mentor. This is not just a staff, they're my brothers and sisters. And I say thank you. And on this day, it is one of the hardest, hardest things to do. Is to walk away from a church you love and start a church you might even love a little more but it's will god and i'm so grateful for the things you've taught me